Today on the podcast, we're sitting down with Laura Leighton Savant. Laura is a friend. She's been a great friend of women in entertainment. And we just get to go down memory lane with Melrose Place and Pretty Little Liars. I fangirled out quite a bit um, in terms of talking about Melrose Place and her infamous role of Sydney. Um, we also talked about mother-daughter relationships on Pretty Little Liars and what that experience was like and all of her different transitions in between and roles. Um, we couldn't be more excited to have Laura here. We hope you really enjoy this episode. It's so nice to see you and have you here. <laughs> to see you guys. Thank so you for always being a friend to women in entertainment, helping always. us out um, with that. Uh, was it? We were talking about it. it was the TV the TV, TV summit that you helped us out and I moderated for us? That was, the, I met you the last the first time, time I saw you both together. Yeah. Oh yeah. my was gosh. Yeah. yeah, I think it was. So um, we are not project driven. We want to hear your story, and we're friends. We know some of it, but I actually don't, I didn't know you hosted Saturday Night Live. <laughs> We were doing our our team was doing yeah. all this research, and I'm like, I didn't know Laura hosted Saturday Night Live. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we want to hear your story and how you decided to get from Iowa to Los Angeles and all this. And then Renee has so many Aaron Spelling questions. I have I have like that whole like '90s, um, yeah, because that was like what I grew up on. So we know this because that was like I like I think I cornered you at the TV summit. I was like, <laughs> oh my god, can we talk about Melrose and Models Inc. and everything Those else? Those were sort of the days, yeah. <laughs> They don't make TV like that anymore. Right, right. (laughs) What, um, did you always want to be an actor? Um, I, I didn't necessarily know that I wanted to be an actor. I grew up more like sort of the singer dancer type. I Uh, think in my youth, that was more of my identity. Um, my mom was always sort of accusing me of, oh, you should be an actor. You know, you're so dramatic. uh You should be a lawyer. You're always negotiating. (laughs) And either one of those things was sort of like, it wasn't necessarily a positive thing that she was saying, but um, lo and behold, I did end up one of those things. And um, it was not really intended. I, um, after high school, I went and I had joined um, a song and dance company called um, Young Americans. Oh, sure, sure. Americans. Uh I joined that group um, out of high school just because it was kind of, I didn't know what else I wanted to do, and I was enrolled in college in California. I came out from Iowa to a college in California, um, but quickly dropped out to go on tour with the company, with Young Americans. So it was while I was doing this um, musical on the road (laughs) with (laughs) Young Americans, it's sort of that I sort of considered acting for the first time. Um, So it was kind of a transition from music and dance, and then sort of realizing that I wanted to study acting. And then from there, I studied, waitressed, studied, waitressed, auditioned, waitressed, <laughs> and then, you know, eventually got myself sort of working my way in. And, and Melrose Place was actually my first major job as oh an actor. Gosh. Okay. Where'd you waitress? Is it still open? Are the places oh. still here? Oh, I waitressed lots of places. Um, I waitressed up at Universal City. Oh. Um at the Tony Romas that was up there. Oh, nice. Yep. And I waitressed at Mezzaluna in Brentwood. Oh, okay. Which became a notorious restaurant for yes. plenty of other reasons. You weren't there that night, were you? I was not there that evening. No, I okay. was not. I was gone okay. by then. As the not LA person, what was it? OJ. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It was, okay. yeah, it was a lot. I was like, at that restaurant. <laughs> like, I am not, I am yeah. not there right now. I yeah. was a bartender there. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, as actors do, you're yep. trying to, yeah. Sort of pay for your acting classes and working as a waitress gets done. So is anybody that. in your family artsy or your parents or your brother or anybody um, else? In- 
we were musical. I mean, okay. just, you know, we played lots of instruments uh -huh. between us and um, it was sort of more of a music and dance thing. And, and now that's, that's a world that I, you know, now I look at it sort of like from the outside looking in, like, cause if you don't, if you don't keep that instrument going, you, yeah. you know, you don't lose it. I mean, you don't use it, you, you lose, lose it. it. Yeah. Yeah. So did you live, move by yourself? So I did. Yeah. Okay. I came out, you know, for college and, mm -hmm. and, um, and did the tour and sort of, you know, just figured out that I wanted to stay and, and I was by myself, but, you know, met lots of people and, um, one of the, uh, one of the day jobs that I had, I was also working in a casting office. I was a casting assistant, uh -huh. um, for, with some friends and they'd hired me as a casting assistant and it was a really good look at like how that process goes. And, but I, you know, I still was pursuing acting. I'm still going to my acting classes and like wanting to be an actor, but being employed in the casting office was a really great education. Um, and ultimately, um, one of the casting directors was casting Melrose Place at the time. And um, when I had left the office and I was, you know, just doing my thing, we, um, we had lunch and he said, you know, you actually might be right for this role that I'm casting right now. And it's two episodes, the guest star playing the little sister of one of the characters on this show called Melrose Place. And you might actually be right for her, but you'll have to pre-read for me, you know, and pre-read is a term that like you have to read just one-on-one -on -one just with the casting director. You're not going to read for any directors or producers okay. or any higher level mm -hmm. in the process. Like first you have to get past the casting director if yeah. they say, you know, all right, now I think this person should move on to the next level. Then you read for the producer's director, whatever. Yeah. So here I was like going, why, why do, I'm not too proud to pre-read. <laughs> of course I'll pre-read <laughs> with my friend, you know, and, and so whatever. So I, I went through that process and auditioned and ended up auditioning like um, I think five times, you know, just kept going, 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 and ultimately ended up auditioning for Aaron Smelling in his office. Um, and What was that like? That was nuts. I mean, you know, there's these these giant offices and, you know, leather couches and just this giant room and, you know, you just feel like a tiny little person. There was six or seven people in the room and, and I was really, I'd never done anything in television before except for commercials and um, but it was sort of all of a sudden a big deal and yeah, I, it was down to me and one other girl and, and, uh, you know, so I did my thing and, um, they ended up calling me right after and saying that I got the job and oh my God. Yeah. And oh now God. was Melrose, was it already on and I you knew what it was? Yeah. Question. Yeah. So it was already on, like, I think it had already started to air cause okay. this was my role came in at episode like 12 or 13, okay. like oh, midway really? through the I first I thought Sydney season. was earlier. She was, she was right at this transition in the okay. first season where the first 10 or 12 episodes were sort of nice and it was the rollover from Nino. Yeah. And, like, and setting the tone of yeah. ours was like these nice people who all had like, you know, little problems, but they worked together in, and they the, in, the, coos, in the, the apartment building. building. Yeah. Building and then in the world. <laughs> and then right around 12 or 13, at the yeah. same time that my character was coming on, things were shifting a little bit where people were getting a little bit more mischievous. And I was one of those characters that was kind of yeah. stirring it up a little bit. And and for me at the time, like two episodes was a huge deal. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not like, 
just going to walk through the scene and say, hi, may I help you? And that's my first role. Like yeah. I'm actually going to have a story and I'm going to come uh. back the next episode. And it was a big deal to me at the time. And then, um, you know, they just decided that the character was working and they brought her back and she stayed. Now, I don't remember. You did the two. And then was there a gap for Sydney or you just, that was continued completely yeah. on? Yes, there was a gap. So okay. the rest of season one, I think she wasn't around. And then okay. I came back full time for season two and, and, and yeah. there. What was that like for you? I feel like Mel wrote, like you went from nine, like from going from 90210, the spinoff was, you know, it was Grant Show's character created Melrose Place. And then, but like you had Andrew Shuge, you know, it, it was just like the cast, like you met your husband there, you know, you had Grant, Ch like you all became almost, it was like lightning in a bottle. You all became a cultural phenomenon. <laughs> yeah. What was that like for you going for like this, you went from a, you know, a two episode part to your, you were known. For your first part. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's two parts of that. I mean, for yeah. me, it was really, really like, um, kind of an out of body experience, you know, like, yeah. I, and you don't know it while it's happening as much as when you have perspective and you look back on it and you mm -hmm. go, wow, that's kind of what it was. Like it was a really big deal or it was really, you know, a cultural phenomenon. Like it, you don't have the same perspective while it's happening as you do later yeah. looking back at it. So for me, I was sort of caught up in the, like, I don't know what I'm doing and I have to figure this out and I have yeah. to like, just keep up. Like I have to learn really fast, yeah. like how to just do the technical part of it. You know, like I didn't know anything. I, I was all of a sudden on this show where you were expected to know what you were doing. Yeah. And it was starting to get popular by that time, by, by yeah. season two, when I was around all the time, it was starting to become like a, a real thing. And, um, there was, there was one time on the set where the script supervisor was like, okay, so on that take, you move the glass on this word and then you smoked your cigarette on that. And then you put it down on this and then you smoked again. I was like, what? And she's like, oh yeah, you need to match. And I was like, what's matching? And she went, <laughs> and she literally went, oh, what, what am I going to do with this kid? And I realized I, I, I had to learn very quickly. <laughs> so, um, just stuff like that. Like I didn't, yeah. I didn't know that. And then, but at the same time, what the show was doing was, it was really a unique thing at the time. People didn't have, um, you know, we had to set our VCRs and record yeah. it and it became yeah. appointment television. It was one yes. of those shows. And well, it was like, whooshing. yeah. So, um, so it was a really fun and crazy sort of ride that we were all on together. And we were at Hard Rock Cafe openings, like, you know, I was going to say, did Hollywood, you, like, was all weird, that required like, that you guys had to do all of these public you know, public appearances and all that because yeah. it was the most popular show. It was one of the most popular shows on television. Yeah. I mean, it's so, it's so different from what, what people experience now yeah. too. I mean, people, there's so many things that people are doing now with the live tweeting and the, you know, oh, yeah. all the different yeah, yeah. press wow. and socials and whatever. We didn't have any of that, but it was more like, we're going to show up to this or we're going to go to that or we're going to do some tie in with this. And, yeah. um, but it was, it was great. It was, it was, a ton of fun to be a part of that. And the cast was really connected. Like yeah. we were all 
just enjoying it together. And we were all friends. There wasn't drama on our set, which was people would like to think that there was, uh -huh. Uh -huh. but there really wasn't. And it was, it was just kind of yeah, wonderful. That's amazing. Yeah, it was great. In terms of Sydney and, you know, she, she had so many jobs. <laughs> she had so many, it's like, <laughs> she really <laughs> ran the gamut on, on that. Um, that was a nice way of saying <laughs> <laughs> She had so many jobs. So many jobs on the so show. And, you know, <laughs> she had, it's like how, you, you know, at that time, you know, there's been, if you, if you look back on a lot of, you know, spelling shows during the time, there was a lot of control around the characters that he wanted and the consistency factor, like not changing hair, not changing. So people could come back from an episodic perspective. You know, what was your experience on Melrose with that in terms of what you were able to do with Sydney? Uh, well, that was definitely true of the show. It was, there were sort of spelling mandates and, yeah. and also like network mandates. Like this is the way we do things and this is, you know, this is what's in the script and mm -hmm. this is how we prefer our hair. We don't wear hats. We don't wear sunglasses, you know, things like yeah. that. We want to see your face and oh, just kind of things that just sort of typically was kind were of known for that. the thing. Yeah. Um, I will say that over time, Sydney sort of broke a bunch of those rules. Yeah. And I, it was just the nature of that character. And, um, I think that once the show started getting really sort of wacky in the storylines, there was a part of me as an actor that was like, I don't know how to justify some of these wacky things anymore, except if I make the character a little bit like wacky, like yeah. still like, so one of the things that I saw for the character was that she was still trying to figure herself out. Like yeah. if she found herself as a secretary, then she was going to dress as a, you know, 50s yeah. secretary and do her hair in a little flip, but like, like trying it on, like trying on yeah. this part of herself. Like, is this me? And then if she was doing something else, she would dress that way. And yeah. when she was a hostess of a party, she was in, you know, sixties and go-go boots. And, and it was a blast because the, hair you know the hairstylists yeah. were having a ball and they were going with it and and yeah they allowed us to do it and I was the only character who was getting away with that but we were having an absolute blast and yeah. it, it was outside of like the typical spelling thing but I was lucky that yeah. I had that character and I could play around in that way interesting it's like I think I feel like you know when you look back it's it is it's and it was Fox too, because Fox was kind of risque in terms of like those hours and like the airing yeah, of what you yeah, could get yeah. away with. And it was kind of pushing the boundaries because he always kind of had that wholesome feel to things. And Melrose was anything but in some ways. <laughs> yeah. You know, the blackmail. I don't know how many times you blackmailed Michael and so forth. <laughs> Obviously, I've watched the series. I was like, <laughs> yeah. You know, blackmail was the name of the game. It was like, it was that, that was what it was. Yeah. Like, I feel like I was like maybe like, I was definitely in my teenage yeah, years say, during it. And I think I learned to be watching. Melrose. I was like, oh, I totally was. <laughs> Did you tell me a story about you had to sneak at your friends because your mom wouldn't let you watch it at some point? Or was that 90210? It was 90210 when my mom saw, because it was when we had paper and like it oh. had the listing and you could read it. And my mom saw that it was like when Brenda was going to find out if she was pregnant. My mom's like, um, you're like 10. <laughs> like you don't need to watch Brenda take a pregnancy test. And then it was because Melrose followed it. Yeah. And then, yeah. And That's so hilarious. I always had to sneak it. I was like finding, 
finding some place to go to watch Melrose and when you, so when you were when you talked to your your casting friend and and started this process did you have an agent and everything then had you already gotten like that part across that not entirely <laughs> I mean it was it was it was a little wonky like I had done some commercials okay. and I had like a commercial agent and stuff uh-huh. and I had like an agent who was interested in representing me, but it wasn't kind of official and he was sending me out on some stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I was kind of like on this cusp of like having my act together. I kind of didn't. Yeah. And, um, you know, we sort of had to figure it out and like, I kind of had to go, okay, to this agent, do you mind negotiating or doing whatever you need to do with this contract thingy for this job that I got? You know? uh-huh. And so I was like, And then he was oh, like, oh, oh okay. you got to, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now like, I'm interested. Yeah. It, it was, it was a little, little wonky. A little backwards. Yeah. And were you were you the only were you the newest actor on the uh, in the cast? Uh, I was the least experienced. Yeah, the yes. least experienced. I was the uh, least experienced. I was not the youngest, but I was the least experienced. Who was the youngest? Josie. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, I'm old, and it's hard to remember. Like, wait, did I see? Are were they on that before Melrose? or after yeah like when we know all of these like Daphne I was like wait I knew her before right she was on something before that yeah but yeah. it's hard to remember what came first and what what came after yeah everybody had a little something going on yeah. except for me <laughs> <laughs> and then when Melrose ended is it spelling created a role for you on 90210 so yes um when Melrose ended uh well after the fifth season of Melrose, that's when uh, a bunch of the original cast members uh, left after that five-year contract was up. And mm-hmm. then there was some, you know, there was sort of a new yeah. regime for another couple of years of Melrose. Tenos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think it was maybe during that time where Melrose was still on, but I was not on it for season six and seven, that... 90210, um, there was a character launching the beginning of season whatever, seven yeah. for them or something. I can't remember what that was. Yeah. But yeah, so I just came on for a little arc. Were you that. still Sydney? Mm-mm. Oh, a different character. Different character. Different character. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think Sydney went over to Yeah. That. No, it was a different character named Sophie Burns. Oh. And she was also a troublemaker and so kind of like <laughs> stirring it up. But, you know. I love that. Yeah. But what, I, um, like outside the show, what was going on in your life? Like being just thrust into this biggest show going on, such a popular cast, obviously my sweet, sweet Doug that you met. But what is like what it was going on as far as having to travel and having to be, like you said, at these openings and paparazzi everywhere. Like what was happening on that side of, uh, on that side of it? Yeah. I mean, it was something I'd never considered, you know, like I knew I, I knew I'd become interested in acting in general. Like I found the idea of storytelling and playing a character and sort of telling a story through somebody else's lens. Mm-hmm. Like I found that really interesting, but I never considered the part about like how it would feel for people to know me. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. my like my first red carpet experience and stuff like that, I was really disturbed by it. Like people shouting my name, like people shouting Laura, like calling my name. Right. And I was like, how do they know? It It really threw me off and I hadn't considered it before. Like it was one thing to go, oh, I love that character or like, uh, you know, I love Sydney or something like that. That was, that was one thing. But to be out either just 
in my real life mm -hmm. and normal life mm -hmm. or on a red carpet or something and have people call my name really through me. And I, I wasn't comfortable with it. You know, like it wasn't, it wasn't a comfortable feeling. It was a little scary mm -hmm. and just took me by surprise. I don't know why I never thought about it, but I think, yeah, there's no like, you don't talk about that stuff like in an acting class, like, oh, and here's what this is going to feel like. And well, here's yeah, what right. you should do under these circumstances. That's not part of it. So that was weird for me. And it wasn't my most comfortable um, part of it. And um, so grappling with that was interesting. And then, you know, I, I'm, I, it must have been, was it season three or four? I had the opportunity to host Saturday Night Live. Right. I mean, so those, they were huge opportunities that were granted uh -huh. that were unbelievable experiences in my life. Like, I, I I think that was maybe the most exhilarating thing I've ever done, you know, and I would not have had the opportunity to do it had I not had yeah. this hugely popular show and been an actor on it. And um, but it was it was strange, like when it when I was done with the show and by that time, the very end of the show is when I started, um, I was dating Doug. Um, we were both off the show mm -hmm. after season five and, and, you know, he had been an actor on it and just a friend castmate. And then after the show and after we were both off, we had begun dating and we were like normal people just having a normal relationship and, mm -hmm. and, but also we were known as these people from the show. So that was it was always a weird, like, trying to, you know, trying to reconcile those things. Like, yes, we're these people from this show, but we're actually not those people. We're these right, people yeah, right. in real life, you know, like, and, and, you know, we had two young daughters. He had mm -hmm. two young girls that, you know, became my, my daughters when they were very young. And, and like, that was, that was something that they had to sort of come to terms with. Um, I remember I had brought, I had brought um, the girls, I think Maddie was having her fourth or fifth birthday, fourth birthday maybe, she was really little, when I was doing 90210. And um, it was my birthday. And so Doug was bringing the girls to the set for the day so we could have lunch together. Mm -hmm. We were gonna have lunch in my trailer because it was, you know, my birthday. And so the girls were brought to the set and I was rehearsing a scene and they were gonna get to watch. And so they were, you know, Somebody put them in a chair and put headphones on them when they were watching this scene. And the scene was, I got to walk in and walk up to this counter and it was like a bank teller and say, I'd like to make a withdrawal. And the guy says, what's your name? And I say, Sophie Burns. And he, you know, was like, give me your ID. I'll give you this money, whatever. So I'm rehearsing the scene and Maddie, who was our youngest at the time, she has her headphones on and she's watching and I in the thing. What's your name? I say Sophie Burns, and Maddie goes Sophie Burns, <laughs> like really loud. <laughs> like, your name isn't Sophie Burns, so we still like to tease her about that. But like, yeah, like for them, it's just like you're not Sophie Burns. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so cute. Yeah. And so the, the it seems that um, there was a resurgence, like when social media came, you know, there, there wasn't social media then when all this was happening. And then all of it like comes back to life with social media and with being, you know, followers and with, and you see all the fans for the fan bases for the show, fan bases for you is, was that like this 
like whole kind of bubbling up again of something that was, you know, at that point, probably 10 years ago, but just kind of that resurgence of fans where you, are you surprised? Are you excited? Is it nice to see that there's still so many people that are interested in the role in this, in the show? I mean, I love that there's still people interested. I mean, it's been 30 years. I hate to say it. It's been 30 years. 30 since the show it was 92 right yeah oh my god so we're talking about 30 years it's really frightening that's yeah. numbers really that's, frightening. i don't want to say that yeah, yeah. Right. sorry <laughs> i'm but, 10 years right okay, it's only been like <laughs> but for people to still be interested yeah. in 30 years later is incredible it's so like, great uh-huh. and we're constantly shocked that people will, will still say and you know doug and i both have had other shows since then uh-huh. and other things and so for people to still come back and go, but Melrose, I yeah. had to do Melrose is crazy. It was 30 years ago. Well, that's me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's really listening to that podcast. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's great. What do you and, mean, Laura? Yeah, I know. <laughs> but yeah, we didn't have any of that. Like I during that time, it was the beginning of like um like chat rooms. Do you remember that? Yeah, right, right. right. Yeah. MySpace, yeah. Yeah. AOL. Yeah. All of those. Like, I remember our producer talking about, oh, they're talking about us in this chat room. And we're like, what the heck is a chat room? Like, it's weird. It felt weird. Like, what is that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then now it's just such the norm. And, you know, Pretty Little Liars was. I was just about to ask you about that because that was like the social that and the digital that was done around that show is like. They they set the bar for how to live tweet Mm -hmm. and the the Twitter. And did you have different requirements um, on Pretty Little Liars as far as like what having to be on social and having to participate in that? Was that all is that was that all written into your? Well, it wasn't wasn't written in as an obligation. And I was like the older generation by then. Right. This was a show about young people. Right. And those young people were having their Melrose Place moment, but they're having it at a completely different time. Yeah. Right. Right. The media culture and stuff. The moms didn't have to. So we weren't necessarily expected to do Mm -hmm. it, but it was an opportunity to learn about it. Right. And I was definitely the last one to the party. I was like (laughs) very reluctantly, you know, I find it a little overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Um, I was also in awe of how the younger generation and the actors um, around me handled it and navigated it and um, embraced it. Mm-hmm. And I eventually, you know, figured out how to yeah. use Twitter yeah. <laughs> and, and they held my hand and, and helped me learn about Live 20. But like the power of that and how um, how powerful that kind of tool was, yeah. especially in that way, I think they – were, you know, they set the bar and it was really great to be part of that and see how it all worked. Yeah. Well, and yeah, and just the fans engaging in a whole different way. I mean, it's just touch points with fans right, that, that right. you had before. Yeah. No, yeah. remind, did when Doug was on, on Desperate Housewives, was that a social media? That was before also, right? Or was that a social so media? So that was not as much a social media thing. Um, and that was before, because let's see, he was on yeah, Desperate Housewives was before. Before Pretty Little Liars, Pretty Little Liars yeah. yeah. They overlapped, Desperate a, they overlapped a bit. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, they overlapped. But it, they they just weren't doing so quite the same mm-hmm. And they didn't obviously have this young of a cast, but right. I was thinking if there was the social following and yeah. things. That is interesting. And then the – and then – you know, when you've moving into, you know, the Hallmark world and I mean, that social is, is a that's great, a whole beast yeah, that's a yeah. whole beast in itself of that following and that, 
that social or that world that follows Hallmark. Yeah, it's it's amazing that there's yeah. these little you know subcultures and, uh-huh. and groups, and and it's been a it's been a great way to connect, and I think especially when there's something like that to connect over, mm-hmm. I, that that makes sense to me. You know, like right. I'm, yeah. I haven't been great at it for like when it's not around a project or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I don't I don't sort of naturally go. Oh, I just feel like sharing this part of my personal life. (laughs) Like I don't do that quite as naturally, but I really, um, I really think that the ability to connect over something specific like that is incredible. When you were on Pretty Little Liars, you know, how much, like when you think about your first days on like a Melrose versus what it was like on Pretty Little Liars, like what, you know, what was that like in terms of how much, you know, when you're looking at, like, as you said, the next generation of almost like they're going, having their Melrose moment, you know, when you look back on that, you know, how do you, how do you look back on that, I guess, you know, in terms of, um, you know, what that experience was like, are there different standards on set and, you know, all of those, like how much has it changed? I mean, I, I, it was definitely a, a bit of a mirror, you know, a yeah. jump in time and, and, I could completely see like the there's just a difference between when you're in your forties yeah. and you know when you're in your twenties and and just what you're experiencing and how you're experiencing it. Um it was also I really feel like I'm so lucky to have had that experience more than once, you know? Yeah. To have the perspective of doing it at a younger age and then again have the opportunity to be on a hit show later in my life. I just think that was um, a, a blessing to have that perspective and have that opportunity more than once when I'm in a completely different place, you know. Yeah. Both with crazy storylines. Crazy storylines. They sell. That's what sells. That's what sells. Um, I, I hate when people ask this question from a, you know, how do you balance your family? Because, you know, we say we don't ask men, but I know Doug and I know how in, in, how involved he is. And it's, I want to more of with both of you being working actors and having a family, did, did you always um, uh, deliberately balance who was working and who wasn't? And because I know how hands on, I know he coaches and I know he's, you know, he's not a, you just deal with it, honey. Yeah. But did you guys, you know, were you consciously balancing? You've got this big project. I'm going to, you know, take it back. Now you've got this big project. So he's, did you guys, did you really consciously balance that when the kids were all little? And I mean, I think it always just sort of works out like, Hey, if we have too many things on our plate, that, will be a good problem and we'll have to figure it out, you know, or like we always had a lot of family around us. Like Mm -hmm. the grandparents might have to step in Mm -hmm. if we're both going to be out of town at the same time or something like that. And it was, um, just kind of always worked out and, you know, we always have sort of prioritized our family over just about anything. And, um, and there was, there was a while, I think it was really hard for me to take a job that was out of town. And I think, I think it's just honest to say that he felt differently about it. Like he felt like he'd be much more ready to accept a job out of town without hesitation than I was. Mm -hmm. There were some years where, you know, parenting at certain ages where I just wasn't quite as comfortable taking jobs that were out of town and Mm -hmm. it, and it made 
that was the choice I made, you know, mm-hmm. like, no, I'll, I'll either not work or I'll wait for the one that's going to be in town, you know, mm-hmm. and sort of that was the choice that I made. Um, and I don't know that it's necessarily just a, um, a male versus a female decision, but it kind of just was the way it worked out for us. Mm-hmm. And it was our choice, you know. And what about the, um, like being out and being seen, like the red carpets and, you know, after Melrose over, but yeah. just continuing that, did you, did you guys, did you, did you guys enjoy that? Did you feel like you needed to keep doing that? We did very little of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very little of it. I mean, you know, when you're on a show and there's yeah. certain um, mm-hmm. events that are important and obligations, absolutely, we were doing that. But we didn't sort of opt into yeah. a lot of other out and about things like that. We're much more low key, like, yeah. you know, coaching and parenting and doing stuff like that. And I remember when I was um, doing, when I was on Pretty Little Liars and our older daughters were in high school by then. And mm-hmm. one of my daughters played volleyball. And so um, she was playing club volleyball. And then our son was playing club baseball. And my husband was coaching baseball. So he was often with my son. And I was often traveling with um, our daughter who was doing the volleyball thing. So, you know, you'd be out at these tournaments with a yeah. hundred teams and hundred courts and a bunch of teenage girls. And I was on Pretty Little Liars, which is a very teenage girl yeah. demographic. And, um, I remember Maddie once was in her huddle with her team, like in between matches and some girl ran up to her and she's like, Oh my God, your mom's on Pretty Little Liars. And she's like, what, what? It was just such a bizarre, like, (laughs) she's like, no, I'm on this volleyball team and you, you need to go back to your team. It's such a weird, like, yeah. yeah. So that was, that was an interesting, like, you know, where Maddie had the experience of it too, where our Mm -hmm. kids had the experience of like, wait. No, I'm just, I'm just a volleyball player. Like, I'm. We're not talking about that. Yeah. You know, we're not talking about TV shows. So, yeah, it didn't happen often. But when did uh, when did the kids realize that? Um, well, I guess when they were on the set, when you said your name was Sarah was <laughs> Sophie <laughs> Burns, but yeah. did they realize like my mom and dad don't go to an office? Well. Yeah, I mean, they were never like they never watched anything that we were yeah. on, and so have they seen Melrose now? Um, not really. Like they've seen pieces of it uh, and they're just really yeah. struck by like how dated it is, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's so nineties. It's so nineties. And our, I mean, we look so young. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, oh, oh back in the babies. day. Yeah. <laughs> so they don't like watch it, watch it, but. Yeah. But Pretty Little Liars was Pretty that. Pretty Little Liars, they didn't, they didn't necessarily watch. I mean, they, all their friends watched it, but they didn't watch it sort uh-huh. of. And then even Desperate Housewives. They didn't yeah, really watch it, really but yeah. their yeah. friends yeah. did. And yeah. so. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was, it was interesting. They're, they didn't really get why yeah. people were interested in coming up and saying uh-huh. hello or meeting us ever. And I think, you know, for a while, I think our youngest thought that Doug was a, you know, famous baseball coach. Oh. I think Lucy actually thought <laughs> that because she was always, she was the youngest, you know, tagging along That's to all so the baseball cute. games and he's the coach. So that, you know, that must be why they want to talk to him. Oh, Brady so wrote a paper once that I owned AMC and Larry laid on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> nice. How's Larry feel about that? <laughs> I was going to say, I'm pretty sure Larry's not happy about it. Larry. <laughs> she frame it. My mom owns AMC and my dad lays on the couch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we love the kids' perspective of things. <laughs> oh, Christmas. Yeah. 
with Pretty Little Liars, um, you know, it was it, it, it continues to have like new. I know they're creating new chapters of it and so forth with the perfect. It was the perfectionist and another round. You know, do you see more people? Do, do you see the continuation of people recognizing you or coming up to you with Pretty Little Liars just because the original is still what everybody kind of starts with even you know my daughter's 10 is like can I watch it I'm like no <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah not, yeah. Not, yeah give me three or four more years <laughs> yeah I mean it's it's funny you can always tell like yeah. somebody who's our age will be uh, talking about Melrose but right. a younger person yeah. will maybe know me from Pretty Little Liars and I can always tell <laughs> just yeah. generationally like yeah. who who watched which show but like I said I just feel like lucky that I had like different decades model. right right to uh, have some success you know so. well tell us okay so what what do you want to what you know what's your what are your wants now I know I don't want you know I don't want to reveal the age you know you're but your your kids are gonna they're gonna be out of the house and are there you know is it slow down time is it hey I can get back you know into this in a bigger way, what what do you uh, what retire do you... and see the world? Yeah, I would love to retire and see the world. <laughs> I, wanna, I mean, I want to do that. Who doesn't want to travel? Do that? Well, like, yeah, Italy. Be like, or go live in a Nancy Myers movie. And like, <laughs> yeah, I want to do that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I I think I'm more motivated now to, um, you know, maybe be less in front of the camera and maybe do something more, you know, creatively. Mm -hmm. Um, somewhere else. I know Laura's super creative because Luke, who could care less about anything, still talks about what prom looked like <laughs> at school. And Laura was the chair of of prom and what it uh, what it looked like because kind of oh, crafty. Yeah, I kinda know kind of crafty, uh, crafty like and creative. Yeah. So your creative outlets have been different. Uh, yeah, or I know you have different creative outlets. Yeah, I'm. I'll go wherever like the the opportunity. To make something. Mm -hmm. Did you ever get a chance to direct an episode or anything along those lines? Like I, guys, I didn't direct. Um, okay. I remember on Melrose, like I, a lot of the crew members were always like, and I was young. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, you should be director. Like you, you know, you sort of know, you have interesting ideas, and you see sort of in the big picture. I'm like, really? You think so? You know, like yeah. And I never really translated that into doing anything about it. Yeah. Um, so I haven't. I uh, I might. Okay. Um, that would be cool. Yeah, I've, I've considered it. Very cool. Are but you? Are, would you? Are you a writer? Would you ever go down that path too? Yeah. So um, I've been more thinking along those lines, like creating my yeah. own thing and um, writing and producing and sort of developing projects and yeah. What things are you watching? Are you guys watching and, and reading and doing now that you're loving? Is there things that you're seeing that are inspiration? Do you binge? Do you have you gone to the movies? You know, yeah, I have no been light. to the movies. Yeah. And there's no arc light. And there's no arc light. I know. That comes that? up and I get the dagger eyes from all of our guests on there's no arc light like, anymore. Like it's your fault. <laughs> well, you owned it. <laughs> no, I own AMC. Oh, right, right, Much right. bigger company. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, but what what are you watching or like or liking or that's that you think is inspiring that's on in these days? I, I'm just trying to keep up. Like I'm st I'm still catching up on White Lotus, so I'm like you know yeah. a little bit behind, but I'm catching up. And, and I like to watch. You know, we're watching Ted Lasso with um, with Lucy, who's the only one left at home. Uh -huh. 
So we'll do that. Um, How old is Lucy? Do you mind me asking? Lucy's a senior in high school now. Oh, wow. So she's almost gone. We're almost empty nest. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Before Nana comes Yeah, just before before becoming grandparents. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So fun. Um, So, yeah. But I I like to read a lot. um, I'm kind of obsessed with audiobooks because I can multitask. Like I can. Interesting. I can drive, I can run errands, and I can yeah. be still listening to my book. And so yeah. I listen to a lot of audiobooks. Are there any thing like are there any um genres that you specifically like? Are you a true crime? Are you um rom com? I'm like, not romantic? true crime so much, but I'm I'm a little bit all over the map. Yeah. Like I I liked I'll also read like what are my kids reading? And mm-hmm. my kids and I will talk about, you know, we, we share books a lot. So and yeah, my different kids have different preferences. So like we, you know it's fun to exchange with each of them and find out like what each of them is interested in. Um, and I, uh, turned Doug onto, um, Amor Tolls, the Lincoln highway. Yes. Um, he's loving that. And I was so happy to share that. that. Yeah. I listened to it on audiobook. Yeah. I, that, I don't listen to a ton, but I was driving to see Brady and I listened to it. It's good. It's great. Yeah. And he wrote narrator. A Gentleman in Moscow. Okay. And, uh, oh, yeah, okay. Rules of Civility. Yeah. Rules of Civility. Yeah. Oh, okay. I love both of those yes, too. Yes. Yeah. Read them all. Love yeah. them all. All different. Um, yeah. So it's, I love being able to discover a book that yeah. I can, you know, think, oh, you would love this one. Uh-huh. You would love that one. And I, I love, Making oh, that connection. Awesome. Yeah. And I just finished um, Barbara Kingsolver, Demon Copperhead, which was oh, I just bought devastating. It. Is it so good? Fantastic. Okay. I just, I have it at home on my desk. It's, yeah, it's devastating oh. and really great. Okay, Laura's a good book when you hear person. De- when you hear devastating and... <laughs> It's like those two things just don't, but Laura's a good book yeah. nook, uh, a book nook. Person. So we're starting a book nook. Oh, it's a oh, woman in entertainment book nook. nook. We're not we're a book club, but we want. What's the difference between a book nook and a book club? It sounds close. We're not here. making <laughs> we're not making people read with us, but and we're talk trying about it and with talk us. about it with us. But what we're trying to do is just look at you know what are the stories that are inspiring our community and our network, and just see recommending, you know, like you said, a book that yeah. I can recommend to somebody that mm-hmm. is. Um, you know, that you think that they would love. We're trying to, you know, yeah. get the word out on a lot of different. And we were just saying, we, I feel like I read a ton. We read yeah. a ton. Every day I hear a book I've never even heard of, let alone have I not read it yet. It's just amazing yeah. what, how people, you know, find their, their genres or find their books that they, yeah. that they love. But I, I now I'm going to put Demon Copperfield well, on the top of my Can I be list. a member? Is it like, yes. do you have yeah, to be just, a member? Can you be a member we're just, of a we book have, We're launching next week. We launch next week. It's just a social I mean, media. Right now it's just yeah. social media and then we'll probably launch. I would estimate that we'll probably launch a newsletter within the month. Yeah. I'm but, totally in. So yeah. Yeah. Whether but, you want me or not, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> we love it. Yeah. I love that. Um, so Brady calls me about, I don't know, a month or so ago. And he's in Boulder, you know, and he's in school and everything. And he said, mom, I know you've been trying to do this for forever, but will you recommend some books? He said, will you send me some books? I'm really, he said, he and his two buddies, he said, we are committing to reading two books for pleasure between now and the end of the year. Whoa. Yeah. A college kid. A college boy. I'm impressed. Yeah. Yeah. And so he said that they kind of, their little group has said, we're on our screens way too much. And so I sent, they asked me also, I sent them Monopoly, um, Codename, 
code name, whatever that one is yeah. called, that fun game. And then, um, and then they have cards against humanity. And, and then I, I, I was happened to be going out for mom's weekend. So I took them a whole bunch of books, but he is almost finished with devil in the white city, which I love, love, love that book. I, so I picked a couple books that I bummed. thought they I'm were. I'm bummed that that's not becoming a movie. I know. Right. It keeps fits and starts, yeah. fits and starts. But, um, yeah, he and he said, you know, I asked him when you know, just I saw him this week and he said he almost finished with that one. He was like, so I don't know if we'll actually finish the second, one, but like finishing one That's in a impressive. semester is yeah, good for him. Especially, it's, a good, it's a good goal. Well, and especially he's an English lit major, so he has to read so much for school and, you know, to read for pleasure on top of that. I am. That's amazing. But yeah, to kind of escape from that screen time. Yeah. I think they're all looking for that a little bit. And, you know, and and. Even too much. Yeah. yeah. And Social even, is too much. It's like even when you start looking at, you know, I think it, it's just it can be so detrimental. It could also be very helpful. But like it's also yeah. it's just it's sometimes it's just too much when you think about, you know, it's like I love we, we've talked like I love paper. Like I'm I can read Kindle here and there. Usually it's by my bedside so I don't pick up my phone. But generally I love touching paper. I love mm -hmm. you know, a paper book reader yeah. or a Kindle. I can do both. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Both. And I I'm comfortable with both. And then the audiobook, I I can't yeah. do audiobook. I love it. I wish I could. I drive and I'll put an audiobook on and then I'll be like, oh wait, I have to then I'm like driving, like, wait, I have to rewind like 10 second bops. Like yeah. I can't, I can't, like, it's just not I can do it for long stretches. I I'm impressed that you can do it like errand running, like yeah. in and out. That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I a lot if I have to stop and run in, I'm like, I don't want to miss something. You right. Know, I'll yeah. stop and whatever. The 10 second rewind, I really do appreciate. Yeah. That. Yeah, boop, boop, I can do back. that for like Ellen Hildebrand books mm -hmm. or like Nancy Thayer books, like mm -hmm. those types of books. I can do the yeah, you know, pick up and yep. go and go. But like when it's like a, a novel, I have to get into that I'm you know that I'm I have to either I have to I like paper. Yeah, yeah. When I do a long drive to Colorado or a long drive to Madison, I'm like, I want an audio book. I'm like, I, you know, if I can be just alone with my thoughts and yeah. and drive like that uninterrupted. I mean, literally from Kansas City to Boulder. I, if I had a little stick so that I didn't, the steering wheel didn't move, you would never, it's like yeah. a straight shot. So yep. you don't have so to. So great to just lose yourself. Yeah. That yeah. yeah. That 100%. is, that's where I did Lincoln Highway that way. And I did enjoy it. That was a good one. So great. It helps to have a great narrator too. Yeah. Yes. It's the voice. The voice. Yeah. Like I started, it's funny, like the one book that I, I decided to read and not do audiobook was like Anthony Bourdain's book after he passed away, mm -hmm. but I could still in my mind, I was like reading it, but I could hear his voice. It was like weird because I had watched so much yeah. parts unknown, but like it all comes down to the voice yes. about how you can process it. Like if it's a terrible voice, it's a, it's not a good Oh, it can, it can ruin it. Oh, it can ruin the entire it. story. Yeah. You have a good voice. You have a great voice. I'd love to do audiobooks. Honestly, it's like, I read them all the time. I I'd love to read out loud. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be happy to. That's a good, that's, yeah, that is, because that's, a, you have to have a good voice. My nasally, uh, when I listen to myself when she plays even back a second, I'm like, oh. Well, everyone hates their own voice, I think. I think it's hard. Do you? I don't like my own voice. I just I would like to read the book. Like, yeah. I don't, you know, I can't judge the, <laughs> the quality of my reading voice, but I would like the experience of reading good. the book out loud. Oh. We're telling you it's a good reading voice. <laughs> just to go back to the acting piece of it is when you got the role of Ashley Marin, just because she's complicated, she played a lot of, she was kind of like the risque mom who would do anything for her daughter. Mm -hmm. Was that like, what was the attraction to that character for you? Was that part of it is being kind of like a mama bear? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it was, um, I think also 
the those those shows like they they didn't always know where things were going. Yeah. You know, they knew like where it was going to start, but didn't necessarily know where it was going to end up. And that was the beauty of taking a book yeah. and being, you know, adapting it to a series. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's kind of a starting point, but you don't, you know, you don't have it to does entirely true to sense all of that. To me, the Pretty yeah. Little Liar storyline, by the time it ended, it still does not. Well, yeah, the whole A thing, and the, it like, goes around, it's, and, it goes and around. then somebody's A, and then somebody, and it's like, none of this makes sense. I me, can't but, explain it to you. I no. cannot. But it's like, but it takes you in because everybody's just so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> well, there, there was that. <laughs> it's like, everybody's pretty. And the clothes There's, were great. The, yeah. the hair was great. <laughs> but like, it was just like, you know. That's part was, of it. But it's part of it. But it's. I always was like, I wonder what it would like to be to, you know, as the mom on it. But it was like, Ashley was like, I feel like she, like you and Holly Marie Combs, as the moms, you two were the most present on the show in terms of having your own character and building out that character. Like you had arcs, you know, in terms of you kind of saving Hannah constantly, you know, she was always, you know, hers was the affair and, you know, so it was, and her marriage and finding herself in that and. Well, I think, you know, the parents were completely secondary to, on the on the show. But, like, just that Ashley Marin was a single mom, like, yeah. you know, Hannah needed a parent around. So yeah. I was going to be around, you know, yeah. like I was going to have yeah. something going on. Like I had to somehow, you know. But, but I think that, that that was – that's an interesting thing, you know, wasn't yeah. like what is that – the single parent who's like trying to – keep it all together and, yeah. you know, sort of, like you said, would do anything for her kid. And it was like the front, but you're really, I feel like the relationship that you explored in the character of Ashley, like both you and Hannah, like the evolution of that relationship, I think was one of the most poignant in terms of the mother daughter, you know, I think other people, like everybody kind of struggled in the parents, you know, I, yes, you were secondary, but I feel like you, that relationship between Ashley and Hannah was so more believable, was so believable in terms of, you know, the friendship, the, you know, the honesty, the transparency, you know, and that was, it, it had so many values instilled in it. Mm, thank you. Um, it was, I, I found it to be the gratifying. Yeah. I was glad that that was the parent that I was playing. And, yeah. uh, you know, that was the best part to me is the relationship between the mother and the daughter. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, you know, it's, it was, it was, it was a beautiful storyline in the chaos of a, so <laughs> thanks, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it, it's, you know, and I think it's something that everybody could relate to. Cause I think that's the mom you always want, you know, is the mom that you could call and have your heart broken and, you know, you get that comfort or you're in trouble and you can be transparent. You're not hiding it, trying to cover it up. And I just feel like that relationship was, was was a big story arc within Pretty Little Liars because you were constantly present. You were, you know, whether it was the Caleb storyline and you kind of became his mom, you know, and the trust yeah. within that of how do you become a mom and and be part of the relationship that your daughter's having. And, you know, you, you, you had that arc, yeah. you know, and that was definitively a storyline that was so believable and I think something that audiences could relate to because whether people had it or they wanted it, it was yeah. just something to aspire to. Well, I think also once once a kid starts, you know, like teenagers, yeah, that's when you first are able to start seeing your parents as human, you know, like flawed humans and you really see them as as people and you can relate on a different level, you know, sort of 
by the time that yeah. you have a teenager and a parent and it's um, exploring like when are the times that the parent is kind of needing something yeah. from the child rather than just the child needing from the parent. And yeah. There was a bit of that too. What was it like with Ashley Benson as your daughter? I mean, she was adorable and yeah. Yeah. I told her she could be one of mine, you know, I promise <laughs> she'd fit right in. They're like, all mine are blonde. So. <laughs> Did your own kids be like, don't mama, don't pretty little liars mom us. <laughs> they were too, I guess they were too young. Yeah. To I don't think they had the sense of that. And, and yeah, yeah it's funny. Cause I do think, um, I do think Ashley looks like she could oh, just yeah. belong in our, you know, yeah. absolutely. just blend right in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cute. Yeah. No, it's, I think both shows were just so great. It's like when you're looking for your next character or getting back into it, it's like, what kind of character are you looking for TV? Are you looking for film? Like what's, what's kind of beyond like obviously producer, director, writing and exploring those types of talents for yourself. But if you were to bring another character, is it, would you look at film or would you? Um, I, you know, I'm really comfortable in the world of television. Yeah. I love the, um, the, the comfortability of, you know, it becomes a family and like yeah. going to the same place with the same crew and the same people over time. It's just, it's such a gift. I think of yeah. that, that experience, it becomes a family and I'm comfortable in that, in that world. Um, so I would love to do another series again if it was the right thing. Yeah. Um, are, yeah. are sets as grueling as they used to be like in the sense of like like longer days and I feel like when anything I've read like about like you know older like you could have you could be working 18 hour days was is that still I mean I think it's I think there's some of everything yeah just depending still. on the show and depending okay. on on what needs to be done and and on the original Melrose when we were doing that in the 90s yeah the demand for like to have episodes on year round, you know, yeah. like never let there be a break and let, you know, let the hiatus be only this big so that people don't have to wait after that season finale to find out what, what happens next. Yeah. So we were doing 36 episodes in a season oh, and it was wow. just, there's no it's such even, thing as that anymore. Yeah, you yeah. Just, yeah. Now it's, you know, eight and 10 episodes. I was going to say Pretty Little Liars had a lot of episodes. 20, 2022. 20, 22 wow. was huge, but back on Melrose, we were doing 36 and that was just, that was grueling because, and I know people have talked about this a lot yeah. and Spelling did it. Um, we weren't the only show that did it, but we had to double up and we had to have two episodes shooting simultaneously. And so we never knew what we were talking about. Like oh we'd be shooting episode, you know, 108 and 109 at the same time. And we'd have two different crews and one would be out in Oxnard at the beach house and one would be on set. And there'd be some days when you might have to work in the morning on one episode, wrap and oh drive yourself out to wherever the other episode was shooting and go, wait, what happens? Where, where am I? Like in the storyline of this? Nothing was and, continuing. But do That's that. Crazy. We'd have to do that. We did it two or three times a season. We'd do blocks of oh, yeah. like six in the time of three. Oh We'd my do double up, double up, double up, oh and then go back to singles. And then later, double up, double up, double up. Oh and it was Lord. nuts. Did you, when you first started, did you like watch your daily, watch the dailies and stuff to kind of. Never dailies. Really? That was okay. not, that they was were not made available. Dailies okay. were not available. Yeah. Okay. But like watching the episodes, you know, when they came out and you yeah. just have to wait until they came on, you <laughs> know. Guys, do you like watch parties and watch them I all mean, together? When I was first on it, I was yeah. definitely watching. Like yeah. it was like. 
I'm on television. It's like weird, you know, <laughs> to see, yeah, to see myself yeah. as that character on the screen. Yeah. Just like, yeah. what? Yeah, that was yeah. weird. So I definitely watched the beginning. I didn't, I didn't watch the whole time. Um, and it's not, it's not comfortable like watching yourself. Yeah, you know? which is what I was just asking. Yeah. yeah. Because it's like, I find, I feel like both of us, even for the podcast, because we both were like, I don't even want to listen to myself. <laughs> it's hard. But like, this really isn't going to go smooth. Yeah. Can somebody else watch these? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's super humbling. It's All like, of yeah. that. Yeah. Except yeah. like you see your ticks and you see like, well, maybe I would have done that differently yeah. or and not. You so yeah. You can't take yeah. it back. You can't take it back. It's out there. So yeah, yeah it's interesting. Yeah. Gotta have a thick skin. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh. Well, friend, thank you so much. Oh my gosh, oh my so fun to see you guys. Oh my it's gosh, so and it's just so you. fun to talk to you and hear what's going on and what you're. I can't wait for Booknook. I we know, should right? do Laura's. We should do Laura's pick. Yes, we want a Laura's it. pick, and you can do it like yeah. monthly, and we'll just do it like you could do it like a little video. Oh, like a book, a yes. book recommendation, like Laura's picks. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, are there like people are picking, and I could be one of them? Yes. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I would love to pick. Yeah. We'll I can't wait to hear other people's picks too. Yeah, we yeah. have some we good recommendations. Like so what would so what right now for Book Nook would you well, if you're reading Laura's pick or or very or something that was very influential to you that you you know it could be an old book or when you were younger we could do kids books we're 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 having Alicia and Kendall do picks. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, Crossing generations here. Yes. Well, I I just talked about two books that have been pretty impactful for me recently. I guess that's. As recent as, I guess it's in the last couple of years, so it's not that recent. But Demon Copperhead, um, in the last year, yeah, that's my okay most recent sort of. I can't wait to read it. Really, really got me book. Did you have something um, growing up or when you were younger that's like sticks with you? Like that was my favorite book growing up. Um, favorite. I mean, I. I loved like the wrinkle in time and that whole oh, thing, that like great. that sort of age. Yeah, uh, it's always a six to one dozen to another. If I'm gonna like a book to screen yeah. or screen to yeah. book, like yeah. it's like there there are movies I'll see before I read the book, and then I'm like I'm gonna read the book. Like I did. Like to all the boys I loved before I watched the movie, before I read the books, and then I read the books, and I was like, the books are way better. Than the Kendall says that too. Yeah, I watched yeah. the movies with her, but I wasn't going to go back and read the books. Yeah, but I love. I the think movies. that's the case. Like yeah. if you've seen the movie, it's your yeah. or the show, you you're less know. inclined to then go yeah. back and read the book. And same with like Little Fires Everywhere. I read the book, yeah. and I was like, oh, this should be a series. And then Reese Witherspoon, of course, had it. Yeah, yeah. she was on it before I was. <laughs> yeah, but like that, you know, like we watched that as a family too. Uh -huh. Okay, and. Like things that the kids would say or that Doug would say about that. I was like, oh, but it was different in the book. Like I, yeah. I saw it differently in the book, yeah. you know, and like you it's just, hard. It's hard to have one thing in your head. Well, and then, because your imagination, that's what books are all about. Yeah. yeah. It, I think it's also like when you pick up a book at a certain point of your life, you know, or a certain thing that's like I, I will go – I can go to a bookstore and I will like – I'll pick up the same book 10 times before I buy it and then like – all of a sudden it hits me and I can sit down and read it mm -hmm. to like actually involve myself in it. But it's all about like the story of when it like kind of reveals itself to me where it's like it, it perks something in my subconscious that's like, no, it's time now. Yeah. You know, and I feel like with, I, I ended up doing it audio and it was a book that I, after I got through it audio, I did think it probably was better to read only because there was so much nature and, you know, unfolding what 
it looked what the scenery looked like was a little slow in audio. I think that was that was the only thing about it, but the story I loved. I would say those two books I read at the wrong time, like for myself, Mm -hmm. because I was like so distracted with so like I couldn't get into the stories. Like I needed something like super superficial just to Mm -hmm. like get me through. But that might be. Did you like where the crawdads movie? I didn't see. Oh, you haven't seen it? No, and I again that was one of those that I thought I yeah don't want to enjoy the book, and I just want to keep you know keep that in my head. I thought that. I thought that they did an I thought that they did a nice job with the with the movie as far I mean it was a very long book so I was like oh my god this has got to be a 4 hour movie to do and it wasn't and I but I thought they did a nice job with what you know making it a movie of a very very long book I thought they actually did a nice job it didn't feel like oh my god they left out all of it you know they didn't they did a nice job of pacing it um it's worth it's a, it's worth yeah. it and do you know like children's books like some of your favorite See, now that I'm in like Nana mode, yeah. I'm thinking about baby books again, right? And we have all our favorite memories from our own childhood of yeah. the books that were meaningful yeah. and then the ones that we give to our kids, that we read to yeah. our kids. And you can't get them anymore. Did you no. know that? I still have you can't a get them anymore of my kids' favorite books. I never gave my kids' favorite books my, away. My, I remember my parents were moving and my, my mom had all of my childhood books in a box. And my dad was cleaning out and he decided to clean them out and threw all of my <gasps> books out. And I have never been so angry. Uh-huh. And then That's like, like even, a piece of your heart. And then with my <laughs> with our smart. kids, like we have – like Spencer's like, we should just like donate these. And I'm like, we're not getting rid of any kids' books they're just yeah. we're gonna book like you can't we had so many books for our kids yeah four kids right so like just we accumulated so many and at some point we were like let's clean some you know you keep yeah. the special ones and you think well let's weed some out just to make space because it, w- it was so many yeah. books and even like those that we've given up you know we're like oh please tell me it's still in that box because now we're reopening those boxes and, yeah. and trying to yeah. order Another copy even, trying to order a second copy because now my daughter's having her own, you know, she needs her own copy because I still want that Right, right, you know, like I still want to have like Nana's library. The board books, the little board books that we read to the kids. We have all of those, but I just sent her uh, mixed up files Mm -hmm. was my favorite book. Yeah, loved loved it. it. And she never read it. So I'm like, (gasps) you never read it? And I said, I said, just send it to her so that she could buy it for Alicia. Oh, and that one's definitely still in print. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, now my goal is that books that I read, and we have to find more obscure ones because these are all like bestsellers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I am set for you to develop. Please do. Well, just even that you're enjoying reading, I want to hear what you're enjoying. Yes, those and that we're going to develop as a project before Reese steals them all. Great. Yes. I know. Well, we're going to really have to <laughs> we're gonna be, have go, to on, work on that well, one. go down the side road. Yeah. We're going to have like, I read nine books a, a week. Oh, that, 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 that. I'm like, well, oh my God. We're going to have to go down a side road. Yeah, a different path. Uh, we're going to have to figure that path. We're going to have to figure that path out. Different path. Yeah. So, but we'll we can do it. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. We'll, we'll start with the book nook and expand from there. Yeah. Yeah. Laura's picks on the book nook. Laura's picks. We love it. But it is crazy. I do, I get it go. Where I'm like, I have so much content I need to watch. I need to be watching this stuff because I've got to keep up for women and, you know, for work and for this. And then I'm like, no, I need to read more books. It's like, you can't do it all. There's, no. there's too, much, like, too much content, too much to do, not enough hours. Yeah, I know, exactly. right? I need to stop sleeping. 
Can that be an option? No, no not an option. <laughs> I, like like, yeah, no. No. <laughs> I wish I could read, no. but that is one of the things. I do not sleep on planes. I cannot sleep on a plane. That is the biggest benefit of traveling. So, I mean, besides traveling and being in New York and yeah. see, yeah. but I Getting do the book love read. to read on a plane. Yeah. I love that. All right, friend. friend. We have a new job Thanks for you. Friend. Me. So I can't excited. wait till we talk about our next project together. Oh my God. From whatever Absolutely. book we read. We appreciate you coming on. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe and leave a review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. To stay up to date with In Her Words, join the conversation by following Women in Entertainment on our social channels and subscribe to our weekly newsletter at womenandentertainment.com.